This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> We are pleased to welcome AFC Wimbledon head coach Mark Robinson to the podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you on, Robbo. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us. I know you must be very busy getting ready for the game at Wigan on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, pleasure, Jamie. Happy to be on here. Thank you very much, Robbo. And, and Lee, sorry. <laughs> 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 no, no. Yeah, it's one nil to me already. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. All right, thanks. Um, so you've been in the head coach role for about a month now. How do, you yeah. think it, how do you think it's gone so far? Yeah, I thought about this. If you don't mind, I'm just going to flip it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. But what? If can we flip it for a sec? Just I'm not trying to put make you too uncomfortable. But I was thinking, imagine if, if I'd done this interview, and I've just got the the role. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 you were interviewing me now, and I've just got the role, on the back of the fact of two points in eleven games, and not winning eleven games, and I was sort of asking you to what would be the things that you would say have been so disappointing in that 11 game runs that you'd want to see different before, just for two, three minutes before I, I, I talk about how I'm finding things, what would be the things that you would say, well, this is upsetting us. This is winding us up, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like this. You, you know, you've, you've, <laughs> you've, ta- you've taken the microphone from us. <laughs> it's twisting it on us. Uh, after you, Lee. I was going to say, go on, Jay. Answer the man. Uh, well, I think it was sort of a lack of fight, a lack of desire. It was one of the most, you know, anti-Wimbledon Wimbledon sides I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, we didn't, you couldn't see where those points were coming from, um, if I'm honest. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Lee. Yeah, I, I agree. I also think with regards to, which I know you're going to touch on in a minute, Robbo, because you, you mentioned it on your interview on Saturday that, yeah. Obviously, stats don't mean nothing really in modern football. It's goals that win games and everyone cares about yeah. three points. But having more of the ball, uh, only, uh, being more of a threat, uh, stuff like that really. Yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. It, was, it wasn't really a Wimbledon team that I was watching. Uh, but that could be because we're at home watching it. We're not yeah. in the stands. So we're watching it a little bit closely, more closely. And uh, yeah, I just there was no fight really. We were giving up, conceded a goal and you knew that was it, done. Yeah, just done. And you, and you you sort of knew what was going to happen before. You knew what was going to happen before you you'd watch the game. You'd be disappointed. We wouldn't do anything. And then, you know, even after the game with the um, 
post-match interviews you know you could it was sort of like a copy and paste of the last match and you could you could show that sort of out of context and you go well that could have been for any any of the games that we've watched over the past 11 games you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree again I to, to, sorry, totally agree with Jamie there in regards to post-match interviews they were <clears throat> the same interview for every game so it don't matter if we won 4-0 or we lost 4-0 it was the boys have put in a shift and it was just yeah it was getting quite boring in the end uh, okay. yeah watching well that that well that, that's, that well that allows me to speak how how I feel the first month's gone really. So and I want you to you know there's no point doing this unless you're both going to be completely honest. So lack of fight and desire is your first first thing. Do, do you, are you seeing more of that? Have you seen more of that? And be honest. I, I would I would say so. I I don't think we're there yet, but yeah, it's, I mean it's. It's a massive step in the right direction, as far as I'm concerned. Great, yeah. I, I think we're still picking up needless bookings that we don't need to be picking up, uh, especially from midfield. Uh, we've got. I see the desire, but there's stuff that you need. You think these are these are players that have played a lot of football, uh, a lot of levels, and they're still picking up bookings that don't need to be done. Do you know what I mean? You don't want people getting a, a, a red card and then missing games, especially yeah. with the amount of games that we've got coming up. But that's anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, more of the ball. Seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So <laughs> I think I think you know we've gone from thirty-two percent average possession to I think listen, and I'm not one of those possession freaks. I'm really not. I talk about the bigger picture stuff, you know. But I think we've aver- we're on, we're averaging fifty-four or fifty-five percent possession over the last eight games. So that's a that's a quite massive shift. You know, in terms of bearing in mind our, you know, we've probably done that on the back of three full training sessions in terms of working on that that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I, I won't talk about the interviews because that's 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 not I'm more I'm more interested about the, the players. So I, I think there's been a shift. Um, are we anywhere near where I want us to be? Then then no. Um, if you said to me. What bits have I been happy with? Obviously, the first sort of 25 minutes against Wigan, I thought was was, was exciting. Um, but you kind of expect that a little bit. New manager bounce, new ideas. So, you know, in terms of looking 60% of where I'll possibly see us going in the future, not even that, 50%, I thought the first sort of 45 against Blackpool was, was, was good. I thought, you know, there was some good football there. I thought we looked a real threat. Um, had some good chances. So I think it's it's been in and out, you know. Um, I think the whole performance was the most disappointing, purely on the fact that we went completely away from what we've been working on, and then we did we looked like a pass for pass sake side, which I hate. You know, we we had players dropping in behind their front their front line playing passes, and it, you know, so we had a few words after that game because that was far from what we were about, although I think they're possibly the best side we played as well at the same, you know, that they, they break out their structure well. I think the comments after Burton were possibly a little bit harsh, you know, in terms of, I know we were ineffective, but I thought so were they. I mean, it was literally a game of three chances, you know, and, and, and as I said to you, um, Lee, I'm never going to make excuses, but the reality is they've signed 11 new players. You know, I, I know the fitness regime they've been putting them through. And, you know, on Saturday, they were 3-0 up, I think, within 25 minutes. So, you know, that they're not a bottom 
table side based on what they've got their new personnel and I thought we we nullified them quite well and we, and, and but we we didn't have the threat um and Saturday again I I, I thought there were there were positives but so in terms of how I found it we're, we're very 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 much work in progress I think there have been some real real positives there's there's been some points that I'm not happy with but you're going to get that with anything when you you're trying to change things but I, I do think there's 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 been a shift. You know, it's not like we've gone in and and sat behind the ball and and just gone. Well, the only way we can win football matches, which I was told, you know, when I took over, I was told, don't believe you can play passing football with this these group of players. So you know, which I thought was nonsense. So I'm pleased with that, and I know there's so much more to come. You know that. So that's the pleasing thing. I obviously the games coming up are really really important, but. I think we we can take points wherever we go. That's the feeling I feel now. And I, I hope that you can see that now. You said you kind of knew what's coming, but hopefully you do feel now if we go a goal down, there is some resilience there. We can come back. And I honestly believe we can go anywhere and pick up points. So obviously we want to pick up points now and quickly, but I think we can pick up points right the way through to the season. I, I see us only getting better, if I'm honest. Two observations I want to say, Robert, is with regards to possession football is that you give the better teams, like we've played some very good teams, Peterborough, Hull, Blackpool, Crew. Yeah. you give them more possession, they're going to hurt you in the end because they're going to have yeah. more ball, they're going to get it into your box and stuff like that. Well, we've, yeah. we've got the possession, they're not going to be able to do that. So they're not yeah. going to have the ball to do that. Uh, the only thing I'd say, one criticism I'd say on Saturday's game against Bristol, what I love is when you say we, we're not going to bother about, we're not going to care about the other team, it's all about us. Yeah. I think we kind of set up to, we were thinking about them and what they could do to us. We, I thought we quite set up quite defensive. And then yeah. when we when we second half then went more attacking, we looked a real threat and could have won that game quite easy. Yeah, that that wasn't the plan to be honest. The the plan was so I, fl- I flipped the midfield because um, I'll be honest with you, I've been well, I haven't been able to go four four two because we lost um, we lost the, the lad against Peterborough, obviously, um, and you know Ollie hasn't been fully fit to to start him so. Even if I wanted to go four four two, then I haven't really had that option. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze, fellas. In terms of going three five two, I know the fans never want to see a three five two again. I'm aware of that. <laughs> um, I actually, I like a three five two, but but I play it very very differently because uh, I th- I believe three five two is an attacking formation. But again, to play it in the way that I'd like the lads to play it will take work, you know, because it, it should be an attacking formation and you need to play with with wing backs that, that are, are very, very offensive, you know, and so I see it very differently. And we just haven't had the time to work on that. I mean there's lots of details. So we honestly didn't set up that way. So I to, to, so I, I flipped the midfield. Dobbo was meant to sit and Cow and Woody were going in advance. So instead of being a two and a one, it was meant to be it was a, a one and a two. And that was meant so they could get further forward and break lines from midfield, get more support to Joe. And it also, I was hoping that the wide players, that would get them another 15, 20 yards higher up the pitch so that we could get more balls in it. And although we had decent possession, it never really materialised that way. And maybe it's because I'm looking for players to do something that's not really, you know, something they've done or, or currently in their skill set, you know. I think Cal Cal can break could break lines definitely, but you know maybe Woody's always played a little bit deeper. It's not quite his game, so it didn't really. Although again, I've, you know we had a lot of the ball, the threat wasn't quite there. Although we went through the clips today, 
and again again we've our crossing um i don't mind sharing it with you i was telling the lads about a coach i had when i played and um and he was like really, really poor. <laughs> you know, they say you always pick up one thing from one person and there wasn't much I picked up from him at all. But the one thing I did, he always said, he had this big obsession. He used to shout, over it crosses, over it crosses. And I remember saying to him one day, what, what? And, he, and his thinking behind it was, if your mindset was to over it across, generally it, it would go where it needed to go. It would go in a threatening area. Or, or if it did over it, well, it didn't matter because you could keep the move alive. But that was his thinking. And to be fair, that, that side I played in, our crossing was unbelievable and everyone <laughs> over it. So I've been saying this to the boys and they're crossing again first half. I don't think, well, we went through them all. I think only two cleared the first man. So again, you, you can't create that chaos in and around the penalty area because so many goals are scored from second phases. And then I think what the difference was in the second half, obviously the subs made a difference, but we actually... Although we put Ollie up top, I dropped Joe in a bit deeper to try and get us on the ball and get the ball out wide. So we actually went to two holders with Joe and then so it wasn't really a 4-4-2. It was about Joe sort of dropping in a bit more like a Harry Kane, getting him on the ball. But I think the difference was, if you watch that 15 minutes back, her crossing was good. Every cross beat the first man. You know, Joe, Joe Day come out and it's a flap a couple. And, and, and with that, you just built that momentum because we're mm. picking up the second ball and we were going again. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't certainly, it wasn't the plan to, you know, we wanted to go and really take the game to them like we did the first 15. It's just, yeah, that, 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 that was it really. And we, we take too many touches. Our decision-making wasn't great in the first half. But as I said, it's, it's I don't want keep using that word processly but it is just a it is a process you know you, you're changing mindsets really shifting mindsets here you know I mean before you're talking the boys said we're getting 32 percent possession and, and moaning that they never saw the ball and you know they're chasing the ball and when they get it you know they were they probably were limited to two kinds of passes and now I'm saying do that you know mm. do this do that so it, yeah. it, it does take time but um but I'll take on board what you're saying Going back to your the first month in in charge, uh, what has surprised you about the role? Is there anything that's you've gone well? Is it surprised you about being in the head coach now? Um, no, nothing. I mean, the, the 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 bit that I'm enjoying is things that possibly people said to me, oh, you can't do that at first team level. That's only for development." And I've always thought nonsense. I'm being proved it's nonsense in terms of people, and how you can, you know, and I know. I know it's all about results, I get that, but I believe it's one huge big picture. How you get people to behave off the pitch does translate to on the pitch. So there's been massive, well, not massive, but there's been certainly a real shift in behavioural changes off the pitch in terms of what the players are doing. And the reason for that, Lee, is they're all good lads. All of them are good lads. They just, they're just products of, of environments, basically. You know, whether that's environments before. And if, if you ask them to do things, and you put a value behind it, they're more than willing to do it. So Ben Hennigan, for example, today, you know, I just, it was my fault. I messaged late that there was something going down at Morrison's at Waitrose, sorry, Morrison's at Wimbledon with a DLAG. Mm. And I got the, I got it out too late because some of the lads had gone to Wimbledon. They're on their way back and Ben was still at the training ground and he went, oh, I'll shoot. And he just, he just went down. He just went down and met the fans. You know, stuff that, you know, the, the lads have been taking food parcels after training on a Thursday. So, all that stuff I used to get told, well, no, no, you can't do it. And, you know, once you take them out of the bubble, 
that they're just they're just good lads and they want to do it. They, they their heart is in the right place and they do care. So, and in terms of them wanting to learn, they do want to learn. But that I wouldn't say it's a struggle I'm having, but they're so fixed in their mindsets of whatever they've experienced previously. It's just trying, you know, that they're almost they're almost deflecting before you've got your words out. So you're trying to create this environment where everyone's learning, developing, and you say something to them and straight away they think you're, you're, you're having a go at them because they're <laughs> so, probably so used to being shouted at and being told you can't do that. They think you're having a go and say, no, 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 this is just picking, you know, there was one this morning I picked out someone gambling in the penalty area and, and he kind of deflected. So I said, I'm not having a go. I'm just saying you need to gamble there. So, but that will come. That had just come once you create an environment where people realise you're not having a pop at people and, and you're all getting better, everyone, including myself and the coaches, you know, um, then that that's just like an organic thing. It grows. And that's where the confidence comes from. You know, I was, I was talking to Woody about it today because he loves the coaching side of it. And I said, you know, it, it, it's a, it, educating people is not not telling and show, like showing and telling showing and telling football's a game of ever-changing pictures and you need to it's, it's a pro it is a constructive process of learning because you've got to make split second decisions on a pitch you know you can't it's not paint by numbers you can't go well if you do that he's going to do that of course there's certain things you have to do off the ball that are great habits but the rest of it's ever changing you know so they need to be able to recognize this stuff so there's, there's nothing I'm just excited. I can't lie. I'm excited because things that I thought, no, you can do this. I'm being proven right. And I'm just so excited of where it can go because I've seen so much change in a short time. I'm just really excited about where it can go, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think we've spoken on the podcast and we've said that, you know, there's been positive changes both on, both on and off the pitch uh, mm-hmm. since you've taken over. So you're not wrong when you're so like when you're when you're saying that there have been changes and you can see it we can see it too it's, it's you know the, the work that you're doing is having an effect on the fans as a whole i think that the whole the whole atmosphere around the club at the minute and, and around the fans is is really positive and just wanted to let you know that we appreciate the work that you're putting in and both on and off the pitch as well you know but what but what i want jamie i've got to be honest i don't want and I'm not trying to sound like some disciple here. I don't want it to be. I, I don't want it to be about me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. This, this this has got to be a club thing. This isn't a Mark Robinson what he's trying to do thing. This has got to be a club thing. The reason I'm still at this football club is because I honestly believe that we can go on a like an incredible journey together. But it's got to be together, you know. And and that's what's the point in being a fans club if if the fans aren't fully on board and understand that's why you know you talk about interviews I'm not going to talk listen I might I might need to think about a different way of talking about processes because I realize after a while that might get a bit boring so but I want to give you fans detail in terms of what we're trying to do you know what's I'm not going to do an interview and say that the lads are a bit leggy and you know it's been a heavy schedule and the refs against us I mean what's the bloody point I don't mean it rude I'm not going to do it I want to try and give you an insight but all I feel is if I'm going to open myself up like that and take the players out of this bubble, which I'm, I'm determined to take the players out of this football bubble and and get them engaging with the fans and all the, th- the stuff that went on when we were a semi-pro club that people say you can't do when you're a pro club again, which is absolute nonsense. They're human beings at the end of the day and we're a fan-owned club. Then I feel there has to be, 
you know, and this is directed at you a little bit, Lee, there, there has to be a little bit of ira rational thinking as well as, you know, not <laughs> knee-jerk. And, and, that, and that's not me saying be happy, clappy. I'm not expecting you after a 3-0 defeat, go, oh, no, everything's rosy. I'm not talking about that. But I think, and you, I'm not saying you do this, but sometimes, you know, people show me stuff, and I don't do social media, but I look at the character assassinations of, of players and and I think moving forward, I just don't think it's a healthy way to go. You know, I'm never going to tell the fans what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It's it's your club. But if we're really going to try and go on a journey together and, and, and believe that we can, then if if I'm opening the players up to, to, to connecting with the fans in the way that you want, and I'm opening myself up, which I want to do, I think, you know, mo most fans have said to me, and you've said this to me in bars, Lee, as long as the players are showing you they give everything, then you're forgiven. So I think there just needs to be a little bit of that. And I think everyone's got into a bit of a stale negative mindset over the years. And I think that's come from deflection and, and stuff and everyone's got in that mindset. And so I want to, you know, I think we all need to change. I want it all to change because there's nothing more powerful than a group of people all believe in the same thing, you know, and that just, that just becomes infectious. In, in my opinion. Yeah, no, nah, that's you're 100 percent right. The problem with football fans is that we're not very rational and we're we're very fickle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's listen, I'm yeah, not, that's, that's I, not I, I, I've been I've been a football fan. My brother's the worst in the world when it comes to that. So <laughs> I mean, he's even he's even doing it to me now. I thought I might get a bit of grace, but I don't. You know. So <laughs> that that that's that's being a football fan. And I'm not I'm not please don't take it the wrong way. I'm not changing that. I'm not. It's just it's 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 the character assassinations I don't like from from and I you know I see what someone showed me the other day something from someone you know can't even put his name on a or a picture of himself yet you know that they think well what we can talk about that the big you know that sort of stuff just got got to stop you know people you know that's why I sent you the Alan Mallory and um, Malcolm Allison interview I mean where are those days gone Lee? Two no. men sitting in a studio, thrashing it out, shaking hands at the end of it, nothing faceless. Do you know what I mean? Two blokes, neither of them rate each other, but just sitting there having a debate and then they shake hands at the end of it. And this is, you know, this is where the world's gone crazy. You know, people having a voice and they can't even, they haven't even got the, they can't even put their face to it or a name to it. That's, that's what I don't understand. This is going to be moving on to our next point regarding, I think a lot of it's regarding social media. Uh, you used to be able to go to a pub and you 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 have a chat, and, and this is why I'm missing football so much and missing going to the game because after the game, me and my mates would go to a pub or from away they would be on a train, and then we'd all turn into football managers. So if yeah. we lost, it's what we would have done to make it right. And by the time oh, you get back to Houston, it's totally yeah. forgot about, and then we move on to the next game. And yeah, cool. do you know what I mean? And Terry Alderton, mm -hmm. the comedian, was said to one like, you, "You lose five nil on a Saturday. I'm not going again. That's it. This is." Awful, yeah. and then come Sunday, Monday, the boys are missing you again. You're going, you're going on yeah. Tuesday. Oh, of course, I am. I'm not going to miss it for the world, but exactly, exactly. That's it. Uh, and that's well, not that's... what, and that's what it's about. I'm not trying to take that away. That's 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 everything. You know, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's not that it's like you said, it's the modern day hmm. because you know, players aren't stupid if they're put in a poor performance, they know they're going to get a bit of jip from the crowd, and then they know the following week that if they put in a great performance, you're, you're, you're loving them and you're singing their name. That's all part of it. But it's the, it's the personal stuff, you know, yeah. the way social media is now. It's the personal stuff. That's what I'd like to people to just think about and think, well, I'll give you an example. You know, so we've talked about our why. You've, you've 
you know, so when I took over, for me, you have to have a why in, in, in anything you do. If you don't know any business, anything, you have to know why you're doing it. And, and the most successful businesses, they have a why. You know, most businesses know what they do and they know to a certain extent how they do it, but they forget why they're doing it. So I, taught, I sat down with the players and that was our first meeting. He's like, what's your why? And they were looking at me as in like, what, they did, what are you talking about? You know? So I, I, I held up a football. And I just had a football in mind. I said, well, when you was a kid, what was your why? And they just said, we just wanted to play football, Robert. We just want, I said, exactly. So that was your why. You just wanted to play football. You wanted to be a professional footballer. I said, now you've, you're there and you're playing for this football club. What's your why? And together, you know, we come up with to continue the success of the greatest story in football because I think that should be everyone's why I think that needs to be the fans why you know as together so am I saying they're all completely buying into that right now they're trying to but again they've never read they've never had someone speak to them like this all they've had someone speak to them is about when's your next contract when's this when's that you know what I mean when's your next payday how much you earning that's that's all. That's their football talk. I'm just being honest. They are the conversations they've had. We're in that. So I'm trying to shift complete mindsets. And people might go, "You're being an idealist." Well, I'd rather be that than listen to the nonsense that I've I've had to listen to because that's the only way forward. And and you listen to people like Bill Shankly back in the past. Those players had a why. They had a why of why they play for Liverpool Football Club. And and and, and anyone, Brian Clough, they had a why. And I was just about to say Brian Clough. Yeah. And, and they will, you know, and Ferguson, they'd all be the same. Now, I'm not putting myself in the same. I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> that's, I, I don't mean that at all. But we have to have a why. We have to have a collective why. And and getting the players to, to, that takes time because you have to live and breathe that stuff. You know, so I'll be honest with you. After, what game was it? The Burton game, when the lads stayed behind. And, and that wasn't me trying to, they did stay behind till midnight. You know, we, we had a chat till midnight and one of them said to me, and please don't take this the wrong way, he went, yeah, but you're always talking about the fans, Robbo, like, that's soon turn on us. And, and he didn't mean it in a negative way. He was just as in like, well, why'd you go on about the fans so much? So, you know, we, we ended up having a 15-minute chat and he thought it really offended me because I was uh, saying, listen, I'm not going to not stop because that's why you play football. He said, I oh, know, but they will t- turn on us if we're not. I said, he said, like, I said, well, what should our motivation be? Just about you then and, and me and whatever. I said, this has got to be bigger picture stuff. And, you know, he messaged me at quarter to one on the way home saying, I hope I haven't offended you. Said, of course you haven't offended me. But this is the shift in mindsets. They, it's, it's such a, I don't know if I'm coming across rightly, but it, it takes time. But yeah, no. once you get there and people say to me, oh, you can't do it with pros or you can't do it. You know, and again, I'm, I'm not having that. When I started the academy, you know, I had kids playing Sunday league football, turning down contracts at Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, paying £300 a year to play for our club, to play Sunday league football against Epson Eagles and whatever, and didn't go to Chelsea because they had a why. Because that group of players thought they were going to be the group that took us back to the football league. So when people say to me, you can't make people feel a different way, you know, Seriously, get stuffed. I'm not having it. You know, it's, it's, and that's not just the players, that's parents. You know, parents, you, most parents, as you probably know, at the sight of a Premier League badge, they're dragging their kids off. These people stuck with the football club. 
you know, and, and carried on paying their £300 a year subscriptions to play because they honestly thought they were going to be the group of lads that took us back into the football league. You know, cool. so that was your Ryan Sweeney's and, you know, back, that, that group I had. So you can shift people's mindsets. You can make them think differently, but it isn't going to happen overnight. You know? No, no. Again, it's going to be moving on to our next point. We're getting back to social media kind of thing. And so, social media is huge now. With and it's, it can be used in a positive way, but a lot of it is negative. Yeah. Uh, and we did an episode regarding attitudes, which picked up on players having their phones in the changing room, yeah, and post on social media before games. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this was before your time. Yeah. But that I'm guessing with what you've said, that's not going to be going. That's not going to happen going no. forward. Hundred percent. And and. And as I said, after defeats, the phones were out, you know, so everyone was upset for three minutes and out come the phones. And again, that, that was a shift in mindset, you know, whereas now the player, you know, was sitting there. I mean, after the, the Burton game, it, it was literally silence. There was no phones and that included the, you know, we don't call them subs now, we call them finishers because I'm trying to change the mindset of, of substitutes. I'm trying to change the mindset that you're all part of it. And if you come on, you're a finisher. You come on to finish the job that the others have started. So, you know, we, we, we're trying to change that. And they just sat there quiet, just like heads in hands, just absolutely quiet. So one, that's changed, but I'm not, I'm not a big believer in rules. I don't, I don't believe in, so I haven't said to them no phones because I need to understand why they shouldn't be on their phone. Not tell them don't be on your phone because again, well, what's the point? You know, they can all walk out and then they get out of the ground and get on their phone. So um, it's about educating them. Why no phones? Paul, Paul's situation, Paul Callumbay, again, that's someone, I mean, I just pulled him in the following day and went, would you have done that when you played for the youth team? He went, well, no. I said, why are you doing it now? And again, because it's become acceptable. And I'm not having a dig at previous regimes here or anything like that. It's just become acceptable. I said, well, you're back with me now. You know it's not acceptable. And and he realises it isn't. But, again, you become a product of your environment. And I'd be the same. You know, you'd be the same if you go somewhere where behaviours are accepted. Then you start to behave in that way. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too deep, but they say it takes 90 days to change a habit. You know, fully change a habit. So you have to do something completely, you know, so if you bit your nails, it would take 90 days of not biting your nails before that habit's completely gone. So this is what I'm saying. These things don't go overnight. It's, you know, but with someone like Paul, because he's he's been it, it won't take so long, and he regretted it. But they're all, they're all in habits I don't like. Rudy's the same, you know. There's things I, I don't recognise in him, and I've had to pull him in a couple of times. Like, what are you doing? You know. Yeah. You, you, sorry, uh, you said a couple of videos of the youth team with uh, regards to them doing it. There was no coaches, no management there, yeah. and stuff like that. And, and one of the people that were involved in that was Rudy and he was taking leads and he was leading yeah. other players and I, and I guess you're, that's the kind of difference you're seeing now, well, I, don't, I don't know what he's like around the changing room and stuff but yeah, yeah you see that he was a young kid who, who just wanted to play football so to speak and yeah. he was leading it really well with what the videos I've seen as well Yeah he was and that's what I'm trying to get to and some of the senior players are struggling a bit with this in terms of me trying to give them more control because they're so used to being told and told what to do. And I'm trying to give them more control because I said, when, you know, then the reason for that is when that whistle goes, they're the ones in control. You know, I can be running up and down the line shouting and hollering, but at the end of the day, they're the ones in control. So if you look at the um, game on Saturday, Bristol Rovers, when they come at us in our second half, 
I said to the lads, you know, where was the one who was brave enough to find that first pass and not panic and, and, and make that quicker angle so we could get the first pass away so we could get some momentum going, you know? So I can't run on the pitch and do that or move, you know, and it was the same against Peterborough. Great first half, well, not great, but a good first half. Second half, they come at us. And that's when you need people who can go, right, this is happening. They take control. Because by the time I change it, Lee, it's too, it's, it's too late. You can't get that message across. You know, so this stuff, and, and, and this is, this is a bit foreign to them. But I know it, this isn't, again, this isn't me saying, oh, this is how I believe it. I've, I've been in enough elite environments to know this is what goes on. You know, it's, it's giving players empowerment to perform. And then as the coach, you're there to keep adding the detail and, and, and make it grow. But at the end of the day, you have to make them confident, empowered people to perform. And, you know, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not saying this to, as a self-preservation thing, but, but it takes time. It, it doesn't happen overnight. While we're on the uh, subject of social media, um, and before we move on... Uh, are we still uh, on social media? I yeah, remember. I mean, we, we, keep on, we keep on trying to bring it to social media. And, uh, oh, go on, go on. Um, before we move on, we'll keep we'll keep it um, we'll keep it short. But uh, you had a bit of a slip up on social media with the like button on Twitter over the past yeah. couple of weeks. What happened, mate? Yeah. So basically, I obviously I saw someone talking about processes. Um, so I don't do Twitter, as you know. I've probably got what four tweets on there, and it was only because the, the academy lad said, "Come on, you this is ridiculous. You got to get you know." But I, I'm not I'm not going to do it. Um, so, yeah, but then someone sent me something. And, of course, I looked at him and he, he would obviously been getting a little bit of stick from the fans about results. And he, he <laughs> so then he was saying processes and blah, blah. I'm not going to change. This is what I believe in. So I pressed. I didn't even know. I'm being honest. Not because I, I probably would have. I didn't know. I just thought, oh, I like that. Pressed it. Next thing I know, Lee's abusing me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, did. <laughs> I, I, I cheers, bro. That's it. I'm gonna get everyone no, on, no, my, on my case now. No, I did. I, I, obviously, I saw it at the time, and I, a few of my mates messaged me and stuff. And a couple, couple of my mates said, "What you talk about is nothing. Like get over yeah. it." And then a couple yeah. of us were quite, quite upset about it at the time. No, and, and listen, only because I, of who it was, and course, not, course. he, he could be a good guy and all that, but. Once he, I saw that badge and stuff, I was like, whoa. No, I get that. And listen, I, I, I get that. And it, it was naive. Um, but I'll be honest, I didn't realise it wasn't until Rob told me, no, when you like something, everyone else sees it. I, I didn't. So that was a bit, but I just thought, oh, that, you know, because I, I just like what he said. As you said, the badge meant nothing to me. It was just someone talking sense. You know, he's also having a little bit of dig at, not a dig at their fans, but he's kind of saying, well, you know, you, no one's moaning when it was going right. So it was just that. But in hindsight, yeah, you know, it was different. But again, my actions, I believe, Lee, speak louder than me pressing a, a like button. You know, if if you come down and watch the academy play them, you know, the first time we played them, I think it was under nines, under 11s, under 13s and under 15s. And I stood in the middle of the, I didn't know which game to go and watch, to be honest, because I was we were so excited because we were playing them. And I was standing in the middle with Jeremy and I was like, so we just decided to stand in the middle while the games were going on, you know, and as the goals are flying in left, right and centre, and you got like an under nine knee sliding in front of their manager, kissing <laughs> the badge, 
and they're looking at us like, what the hell is going on here? So, listen, you, you know how, and, 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 and you'll see in future in terms of how I feel about the situation and, you know, I feel no different to, to you, the fans. So, you know, my actions will speak louder when those games come along and hopefully the players' actions will speak louder when those games come along. It was just literally me looking at a fella coach and, and agreeing with what he said. It was nothing more than that. But it was, yeah, it was naive of me. No, no, no. And I appreciate you coming back to us and, and I appreciate that as well. So that's why, yeah, we uh, removed it off Twitter as well. But yeah, we do appreciate that, Robert. Uh, moving back to the important bits. Uh, yeah. At the current time, uh, you've mentioned Rob, Rob Tuvey uh, and Bezos involved, but you currently don't have an assistant in place. Is this well, something you're worried about now? or? Well, so the situation was um, I, I had two people in mind, um, but both in jobs, basically, both both in, in good jobs. Um, one, one, one is in management right now. So why are you laughing? Because <laughs> uh, so, you know why we're laughing, because yeah, yeah, another so, one that we got in trouble for as well. So yeah, so, so, so one's <laughs> in management and, and, the, and the other one, So, but nothing got deeper than me just, conversations but you know because of the situation you know we don't know whether it's a long-term you know employment and stuff like that so um that they couldn't walk away from jobs even if they wanted to so it didn't get any any deeper than that but then um they come up joe come up with a potential solution because i wasn't going to just take on anyone you know i was having names thrown at me and when you when you've got a strong belief in, in learning environments and cultures and the whys, you know, all this stuff, you know, you, you bring someone in who, who, who's, who's foreign to that kind of thinking, it's, it's, it's an issue. Um, so Joe and, and, and the interview board just mentioned someone to me from a previous interview who, who was available to come in on certain days. So that's what's happened. Um, you know, we, we've, Justin, it's like a sabbatical, really. But he, so Justin Cochran comes in. So I have got an, he's like an assistant, but it's kind of not fully. So he comes in three days with me. Um, so he's there. So Robert helps with the coaching, but he's still doing the younger ones. So, so I have, but it, it, it's working. To be honest, it's, it's. I, I believe it's working. I, I spent. I when he came over and I met him for four hours, and. You know he's 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 very like-minded. It's great for the club in terms of um, obviously the young players because he works with the England setup. So and he's already he's purring over our young players, which again is proof to me that we have got good quality young players. Um, you know he's he's excited about them. You know he said, "Blimey, in you know eighteen months, two years, you've you've got some a real crop coming through here." So yeah, so you know it would have been ideal, I guess, to. But it's. I feel like it's working well. I feel like it's working well. Because obviously, I I know Justin was at a game. I can't remember which game it was, but I have. Yeah. And he kind of. Um. There was a picture of him kitted out in Wimbledon gear, and he was at. Yeah. He, was, he was at the game. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of haven't seen him since. No, no, he's there. He's there. He's at the. He's at the games. It's just. Um. He's. You know, because he's. He's. he's it's like a sabbatical, really. So. He's um so he's still got his his England work that he does. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's almost like a I don't want it to sound too holistic because it's almost like a learning for him as well. You know because he, he he works with England, so it's like a two way thing. So I'm getting loads out of it, but he's it's almost part of his development 
development as well, you know. So, um, but no, no, he's 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 present there. He's present there, James. Nice. But he goes upstairs like I used to, you know, right. feed yeah, information yeah. down. So, have you got the the earpieces like Big Sam and that? Yeah, no, well, Rob has them. And it's a bit funny, you know, you're, you're talking about that. And you, I was talking to someone the other day that the stadium gives you goosebumps every our stadium. But the view isn't great from the dugout. And um, and I thought about that because I love watching that side of the game, you know, because you can spot things. And it just makes you think about rugby, why they go up. And because you, you see so little from down there on the dugout. That's the thing that's kind of surprised me. Um, and, and even that, you know, I, I believe you do what's right for the team. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off that one day I'm not in the dugout. I'll go up above and watch it and feed stuff down. Because it's all about... You know, if you're going to have any impact on the players at all, I think you need to have a viewpoint where you can see it. So I've either got to have someone I can really trust to feed information down, which just is doing well at the moment, or I might, you know, I'd even think about doing it myself, if I'm honest. Um, you, you stated that recruitment isn't really something that you want to get involved in um, going forwards. Do you see a director of football or... Xavier um, Wiggins was on the podcast last week. Yeah, he mentioned like a football committee. Do you think that something like that would be coming in sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think I think that was taken out of context a bit when I said I, I don't want to get involved in recruitment. Of course, I want to be involved, but what I don't want to get involved in is the day to day talking to agents. You know, um, you know, because even now it, it's literally daily people throwing players out, and it just it, it takes focus away. You know, I've seen it in the past, the January transfer window. Now, people walking around with their phones and stuff and, and I'm thinking, wow, if I'm a player and I'm seeing this, you know, it's so, in terms of the recruitment, Jamie, the way it looks like, I don't know if committee is the right word, but there'd be like a football board, which I'm part of. So there, there'd be a football board, myself, Joe, um, there's another guy who's, who's, who looks at the data stuff. So he's, he's worked at Brentford. So he will be looking at the data. And then we'll have two other football people on there. And then we'll have, obviously, your scouts. So what it, what it will look like, and, you know, we're in the process of getting it together now, is when I identify what positions we need and, and obviously our style of play. So, you know, so let, let's give you an example. I'm, I'm looking for a certain position. And because we want to be a real high, intense pressing side, etc., you know, I will, I, I will make, and I'll work with our sports scientist, Chris, and say, look, you know, what's, you need to find me the sort of data that a top level player is, is hitting in that position, you know, wing back, for example, or, or, or attacking midfield. So then I would, I would throw various information back to, to them and say, well, there's no point sending me someone unless he can cover 12K, for example. Yeah, you know, just, I'm just giving you an example. And, um, and then they will come back with players, basically, which we will look at together. But it's just trying to, you know, where we are as a football club. I mean, I think we've signed over 200 players since we've been a pro club. So we're turning over 80% of our work staff every week. And that, that's not building. You know, I don't want to say the word process again, but you can't have a process if, if you're turning over 80% of your workforce every year. So it's, it's trying to iron out those mistakes and, and make sure... You know, if you get a sign and it doesn't quite work out, well, at least there's been plenty of due diligence gone into that signing. 
um, and they can at least certainly physically do what you want to do. If, if, and then you might go, well, technically they're, they're probably maybe not as quite good as we thought they'd be, but at least again, if they're good characters and good learners, well, you can improve that and you can improve that no matter what age you are. But the key thing is, is can they physically do what we need them to do um, as well? And again, and that, that will also include character profiling, which I'm massive on. So again, that will come back to me a little bit, although you can do certain character profiling. So there's things that I've got in my head, you know, I, when a player comes to us, Jamie, I want them to be telling us why they're playing for Wimbledon, not me sitting there going, well, how much money do you want? And then I go, people are sitting here probably listening going, he's a complete idealist. I do not give a monkey's. I want players sitting here telling me what they're bringing to this football club. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the character profiling comes in. And, you know, I've got some ideas in my head, which I, I'll share with you near at a time, but basically, you know, whatever those ideas are, if I don't think they meet the character of a Wimbledon player, then, you know, say, let's say for example, there's a, there's a test that I come up with, you know, and their eyes roll. What's the point in signing them? There is no point. You know, and, and, and I think you need to be brave with this stuff. And when I talked about this before, character profiling and saying you don't sign a player if they don't hit certain criteria, someone threw at me a certain player who possibly wouldn't have hit that criteria, but was a success for the club. And I said, I, I realise that, but for me, you always have to look at the bigger picture. You, you constantly have to look at the bigger picture because the way I look at it, all I really need including staff, is 30 like-minded people in the building. And if you've got 30 like-minded people in the building, then you've got half a chance of creating something special. If you haven't, then you're always going to struggle. So, so, that's, so I, I am going to be heavily involved in the recruitment, but not in terms of sitting on my phone, speaking to agents and, and things. That's, that's what I meant by that. Yeah. I was a bit gay there, brother, when you said uh, you need a player to do 12K, because I'm literally, I'm just under that, so that rules me out of <laughs> signing next summer then. So. Yeah, but that's not, that's not a weekly. That's, that's <laughs> in the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, asked, uh, we asked some fans to send us some questions, and as you were talking about profiling, one of the uh, fans, Matt Jennings, sent us a question saying, Rob, I'm really pleased with your approach and excited by your vision of how the club should develop and move forward. Uh, it's great to hear you talk about personality profiling, insights, discovery, and Thomas international renowned profiling tests. Uh, what are they, and would have would you be one? Uh, would you? What are they, and would one of those be what you use? Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. That's not something I've heard of. I mean, <laughs> I've got to be honest. The stuff that is something I've got to look into. Obviously, the stuff that I've heard of is is other managers use. Um, but there, I know we did it with the academy. I know there are profile tests out. I can't remember the names. I'm not going to lie to you. There were certain things we do, but I know there's tests that you can do, and 100% I, I would look at tests. But there also be things that I would do in terms of when I meet them, um, and I don't want to give those away. Um, but I'll give you an example. When I opened my business with my wife, um, because it was always going to be a hard working business, when we interviewed the staff. It was just something I picked up. We we put I put like a crisp packet and that on the way into the interview. So you know, because part of their role as well as because it was a an entertainment venue, but we all had to clear up at the end of the day and stuff like that. And 
basically I, I said to my wife, if someone I visit, I can see that they see that, that bit of rubbish and they step over it, then I'm, we're not employing them. And she was like, oh, don't be, you can't, I said, we're not employing them. <laughs> and, and honestly, one girl come in and she stopped, picked it up and she went, oh, I think someone must have dropped this and put it in the bin. She worked for us for 12 years, right? It was our best member of staff, unbelievable. There was others that noticed it. There was one girl come in, she clearly saw it, stepped over it, interviewed absolutely brilliantly. And I let my wife talk me out of it. And she was an absolute nightmare. Lazy, um, didn't want to do it, didn't want to do the other stuff. Do you know what I mean? Was She was what she was in the interview. She, she came across really good, but when it comes to the nitty gritty, she didn't want to do it. Mm. You know, so there's, there's, there's other stuff that you can do as well as the, the test stuff where you can try and get to know the person. And again, it's a matter of being brave because you've got to remember, I mean, there's a certain manager who, you know, is a manager of a, of a you know, tough Northern club that have been successful. And I know, you know, he go out and he even looks at what kind of coffee that they order and stuff like this. Now, people might think that's a bit extreme, but, you know, at the end of the day, he says, look, we are what we are. We're a tough Northern club. Do I want, if someone's ordering a froth, frothy cappuccino, <laughs> maybe he's not. I'm sure that's not the only thing he looks at. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 you know, that will, that will make him start questioning, you know, you know, that might be a bit extreme, but I'm just saying that those sort of things go on. There's, there's other things. I know people take people for meals and they look at how they treat the waitress and the waiter. Um, you know, if they click their fingers, they go, well, why would I employ, why would I take on someone like you? No, so there's, there's, there's all little things that you can, you can do. I was say, because I know Messi loves a uh, frappuccino as well. So yeah. I might take, I might take <laughs> it. <one's> one. <laughs> but you know where, you know where I'm coming yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm coming <laughs> you've, all, you've also mentioned um, the idea of getting better loans in. Um, yeah. Do you think we'll be able to get better loans? How, how, how would we go about that? Well, this goes back to the bigger picture and when you talked about playing more football. So, you know, this is the bigger picture stuff and why I think we need to play a possession-based game. And, and as I said, I'm, I'm not a possession freak. Possession needs to be effective. So, you know, for me, possession football means passing to your teammates. So if that's one pass, it's one pass over the top. Great. If it's five to open them up, it's five. So I like to call it high-tempo effective football more than possession football. But the way I look at it, Jamie, football has changed. So, you know, what, what the old Wimbledon done was incredible like absolutely incredible and we talk about processes Lee but you know I've, I've got to know um, Dave Bassett enough to know that there was massive processes behind that style of football so to the eye it might have looked like very direct football but what people don't realise is in terms of where passes were played into what areas of the pitch um, and how they picked up second balls and and then when balls went into the penalty area, you know, there was an awful lot of process and detail behind what they, the old Wimbledon did. And also on top of that, you had some unbelievable technical players, including Glenn, who, who were, you know, Dennis Wise, Winterburn. These players were, were technically gifted. So, you know, if you played a percentage football, although it looked like percentage football, in so many ways it wasn't, because if you're saying, right, we're in, we're in that channel, that channel was being it continuously, you know, and so the players following up to pick up second balls, there was no failure, you know, so 
it was a very different era. You had Dave Besson who could kick the length of plough lane, you know, so you had very technically gifted players playing a, a very certain way of football and it was very process driven. And and even the analyst then, you know, the data he had was was very process driven. But football has has, has changed. You, you know, we can't deny that it's it's a new world. Players, young players are fed a diet of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, you know what I mean? So I don't think you can play that way and have sustained success in one, you know, there's it's changed physically in terms of the ref. Two, I don't think those players are about. You know, if I said to you, well, give me a John Fashionu or an Alan Cork, you'd struggle. I don't think those players are there. Academies aren't producing them. They're generally not there. So I think, you know, we need to play a, an effective possession style that you Wimbledon fans still can identify with, you know? Um, so I just, you know, offline, I was talking to Lee before I come on, you know, I know Leeds don't win every week, but I think, you know, if you were seeing Leeds-type performances at their best down at Plough Lane, that, even though it's not direct, that would still that would feel like a Wimbledon side, the way they recover and hunt things down. You'd still feel like you was watching a Wimbledon side worthy of wearing the badge. But the reason I believe the bigger picture that we've got to have this is, if we're going to keep our best young academy players, you know, I'm being honest with you now, we've had young academy players in the past come up and go, well, where do I where do I fit into this? Like, where do I fit into this? So I, you know, where where would he fit into that style of football if you're just going to play percentage? You know, where, where does he fit? Um, and hopefully, you've seen the lads of talent. You know, so where? So if we're going to grow the club and move forward and, and generate new fans, one, I think we need to do it to keep our own players, and two, to get the to get the best loans, you have to do it. And I'm being honest with you here now. I'm opening myself up. I know there are clubs that would not loan us players because of the way we play football, you know. And, and you can understand that. Why, why would a club give us their best technical midfielder if, 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 he's, if he's just watching the ball go over his head all the time? It's, you know, when he can send him somewhere else where they're going to play a different style of football. So, you know, that, that's the reality. But in terms of can we, we get them, 100% I believe we can get them. I'm going to do presentations very soon to certain clubs, you know, and, and once I've built up, a, a portfolio of stuff to show them that this is the direction we're going. This is this is what we're going to do, and you have to do presentations. You know, you're taking you're taking their one of their best products that they've spent millions of pounds on, and you're polishing it for them. So why would you not do a presentation? You know, I said on a previous interview that I want you know I want that to be happening with our young lads. I want semi-pro clubs to come to us and say, well, this is what we're going to do for you, as well as what our lads going to do for them. It's got to be a two-way thing. So, no, I'm very confident that we can get good quality loans. Yeah. Sorry, long answer, but that, yeah. that, that's why I see we have to play a certain style as well. I'm, I'm hoping we can ask a question where the word process won't come in to the answer. But, um... Well, I'll give it, but, but, but listen, <laughs> let, let me, no, because I, but I need to explain why it has to change. You know, if you don't have processes and you don't have wires and you don't have values and you don't have pathways, you know, you lose your Joe Bursics for peanuts. Does that make sense to you? And yeah, you yeah. lose and you lose your Asazi Ergorides for nothing, you know, and, and you your Kane Critchlows for nothing. Because if you don't have processes and pathways, this is what's gonna happen. And we can't afford that to happen. You know, people say, Oh, it happens. No, it doesn't happen. You don't lose three players to Premier League clubs or sorry, two to, and championship clubs 
because they're not rated by by certain individuals yeah and then and then they turn up and go on trial and get in the championship club that doesn't happen and that's not me digging anyone out that's because if if everything's about three points on a saturday and and that's all you ever think about and you don't think about processes and you don't look what's below and you don't have pathways for people and you don't sell it to them this is what happens and you and we can't afford to lose talent and and they they go and play for west ham or they get, turn up and they're playing in the championship every week that and again that's not me being personal but it happens because something everything is so riding on three points three points three points that that you, you, you always have to have an eye on the bigger picture, Jamie. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm struggling with is because, you know, with the academy, I was saying to Lee again off air, my biggest fear with the job was my record as under-18 manager was always first 10 games, we, we barely won a game. And then we'd probably lose two in the last 25, 26 because, because of the way I believe in educating players. And I knew that couldn't happen when I become a manager. So it's that balance of, looking at the bigger picture and trying to get results. It's that constant balance. But, but this is why I will harp on about processes because if you don't have them, you just make mistakes, you know, and, and it hurts me when I don't want to see a young player that we've brought through leave for nothing. And, you know, that people will say about Joe Bursick. I mean, so we talk about, we've, you know, fortunately we've got the greatest fans in the world who have managed to raise six million quid. Joe Bursick could be paying for that whole stadium. Now, people will counter-argue and go, no, he wanted to go, he wanted to go. The kid's from London. He'd been with us since he was nine. He loved the football club. If he got painted a pathway for him and, and it, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not knocking previous regimes. I'm just talking about if you're not process-driven, right? If he got painted a pathway, painted a future, he would have stayed at this football club. But no, because we've, we probably go, oh, no, let's get whatever it was, you know, six figures, because we can put that in the budget now, because we need to do this now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, whereas if we kept in, you've now got an England international in your first team. You know, what sort of figure would you put in? Six, uh, 10, 12 million? You know, you look at what Rambo went for. <laughs> and, 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 and this is why we have, you know, it's not me, any business anywhere in the world that's successful is process driven. I'll try and not use the word too often, but it's just a fact. And, and, and for me, we've we got to get used to it because it is, otherwise everything's needed. I heard you say about plan Bs. You know, I'll be, I don't believe it. A plan, people who have plan Bs are people who have got very, very poor plan As. <laughs> you know, so you can have a robust, resilient, flexible plan A, but a plan B for me is desperation and knee jerk, you know, so... Let's say my plan A is whatever it is and we're going to play this type of, well, not my plan A, the, the club's plan A, the team's plan A. And then all of a sudden, because we haven't had a couple of results, we decide to go direct long ball football again. You've just lost the players. You've lost them. So you have to believe in the process because you've lost them. If I stick a centre half up front because we can't score a goal, I know people might go, oh, yeah, but you might get a goal. We might get a goal one week. We ain't going to get a goal every week by sticking the centre-half up front. So, And all you're saying to the rest of the team is, well, what we're doing isn't good enough because I have to stick the centre-half up top every week. So you have to, if you're process-driven, it stops you being knee-jerk. You can revisit everything you're doing and you just work hard to get better and better at it until it comes. You know? It's... Three things I just want to point out, Robert. One, one Joe Bursic, he's just been uh, given, he's just been put in the England under 21 squad with yep. 
Rambo. Uh, yeah. Another one is, can we please get Ruben Collins back? Because I absolutely love that guy. <laughs> he was so good when he when he was at us. I, I didn't see him play a lot of football, but in the bar, he was such a nice man, like <laughs> such a nice boy. He was so so yeah. nice to speak to and stuff, and he was such a yeah. good character. And the oh. third thing you kind of answered a little bit is, what what would you say to people who say, don't worry about the process now, getting results and yeah. staying up is more important and implement that next season? What I would say is, if, if I'll, be, I'll be honest, I'm not your man because I can't work like that. And I, and, and I made that clear in my interview and I said in my interview, if you want a quick fixer, then don't give me the job because I love the club too much. I can't work like that. So I'm being honest with you. But I wouldn't, and people would see through me, I wouldn't be myself. Um, I believe that we can do both. And as I said, it's not like we're sitting here and I've had, We've had eight games and we've, we've drawn two. We haven't won any. We've shown we can win games. We show we can stay in games. And we've done it completely changing the style of football as well. Um, and two, again, I know, I know how the players were feeling um, before I come in and how they were feeling about like the football, etc., and I, I, I don't think it'll work, Lee. I, you know, if, if you said, well, we don't think you can get the seven, six wins needed or whatever it's going to be needed to, to the end of the season and you brought someone in to go... Uh, my gut feeling is the players have just got... We've been down... I mean, how many great escapes are we going to have? That's what I'd say. How many great escapes are we going to have? And listen, I don't want to go down. It's I can't even imagine going down. But... You'll, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think Wimbledon did go down from the third to fourth division once and then come back incredibly stronger. Am I right? Yep. 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 So, listen, I, I, and I don't want people panicking now, going, oh, he's happy to go down. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, oh, well, I'll ask you two a question. Do you think, apart from those four months, yeah, the four months, you, you know I'm talking about, from January to April when we got in the playoffs, do you think we've ever looked really comfortable as a as a, a pro side? Like ever as in we completely and utterly belong in professional football? Be honest if you do. Well, I, I was actually having a discussion about this the other day. I, I remember um, the season we went up, we got spanked at home 5-2 against yeah. Morecambe. And I, I very rarely leave early. And that day I did leave early. And we were talking about how uh, Ardy was in charge at the time and we were talking about, oh, maybe it's time for him to go. Um, yeah. And then suddenly we hit that purple patch in the second half of the season that you spoke about. Yeah. And we went up. Now, I, I think that League Two is probably our level. I think we've been flirting with League One. This is just my personal opinion, Lee. You can shake your head all you want. <laughs> um, you know, I think, like you mentioned, we've been flirting with relegation for... For years now, if we if we continue to do so, one of the one of these years is going to happen. You know, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Laws of averages. Um, in answer to your question, for a full season, no, I, I don't think we've ever. We, we've always essentially been looking downwards, whatever division we played in since being a pro side. Yeah. So I, I disagree. I disagree with Jamie on that. There, I think the. The, the League Two team, uh, but you, you, you've made some very good points tonight, Robbo, which actually makes me rethink that, is that when we were League Two and we had uh, Akinfema, Tom Elliott, Lyle Taylor, uh, Aziz up front, and we had Reeves yeah. and people like that, I thought we did, but we used money that we probably shouldn't have used to spend yeah. on our playing budget that yeah. we should have maybe used elsewhere. 
and it was kind of a quick fix. Let's get these players in yeah. to kind of kind of stay mid table. And I don't think we were looking for promotion really, but then obviously yeah. the, the squad we had was was decent, uh, and then yeah. we yeah end up getting into League One. I, I again disagree with Jamie. I think we we could be a solid League One team. It's proven in the in the, the games that we're playing now. We played Peterborough off the park for forty five minutes. Uh, Hull is, I think, the only team that I've seen that thought, well, actually, they are they are much better than us, but they should be really. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I, I, I'm a mixture of both. Obviously, the the, the I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I honestly believe with with a preseason under a belt. I'm I'm kind of with you, Lee. I'm confident with a, from what I've seen, and I'm watching every every team, and I know how I I you know because what I've got to be careful that there's stuff I want to do in terms of how we play that I can't do right now because trust me, if there's some of the stuff I want to do, I just can't do it because if it cost us a game, you lot would really go for me, right? <laughs> so, but there's there's things that I want to be doing to give us an identity and, and make Saturdays more exciting. And, and make you think, well, this is this is different. This is Wimbledon, but I, I can't do that now because, you know, some of it, it's not risk. It's not risk at all. It's just a different way of looking at football. But there are things that I want to implement, and I've looked, and I know it can happen because there's there's already little things we're doing, like throw-ins, for example. I think our, you know, just to give an example, I think our throw success rate was something like you know, twenty eighteen percent. So basically, every time we took a throw, we we pretty much give it to the opposition, you know, so football's about momentum. So we look at how we can keep throws. And again, there's not a lot of time to work on this, but we've got it up to like 58%, you know, all over the pitch, you know, which helps build momentum. But there's so many things that, that I want to do. And I've looked at, and I know we can do it. I know we can do it. Um, so I'm with you, Lee. I don't think we've ever looked comfortable, but, I'm with you. I believe we can look comfortable, and 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 when we stay up, we will look comfortable. But all I'm trying to say is, in terms of that question, um, I, I can't. If it, I, I don't know what you know, if you mean by the question, I'm just going to start smashing it up, and hopefully we we get out of it that way. No, that it's not going to happen, and and hopefully, and I, and I don't see why it would happen. I don't, you know, because we it wasn't get we were, you know. I don't want to be disrespectful. I wasn't saying we were just smashing it up before I took over, but we were playing a more percentage-based football, and it and it wasn't working then. So what? What you know? I don't see why it would work. I don't think we got the players to do it for a start. If I'm honest, I think we got some decent technicians. I don't think we got the you know the players to do it. Uh, we understand you applied for the job when Wally was appointed. If you were unsuccessful this time round, would you have walked away, or would you have been happy just to carry on doing what you're doing? Um. It's tough because I, I love the club. I think it would have depended on who the manager was, if I'm honest. And, and um, you know, what, how, how he looked at us moving forward. So, you know, if, if, if he was of a similar mindset and he wanted me involved, um, then, then, yeah, because well, the club's always been at my, you know, as a, I've, I've turned down various jobs because this isn't, this isn't about work for me. This is... You know, again, I'm not trying to get fans' favour here. This is, you know, Wimbledon's more than football. You know, I've never tried to pretend I was a Wimbledon fan as a kid. I wasn't, but Wimbledon's more than football. It's, and that's what I want to get across to the players, and that's what we've done at the academy. This is, this is something that's more than football. So, you know, for me to leave, 
it would have to be something that I thought, well, I don't think the club's going in the right direction. Or if I went back to my development role, if I didn't see a pathway for all the hard work that goes on in the academy, that, that, that would have been the only thing that would have made me leave. Um, yeah, so it, no, it wasn't, you know, so, so it depends if we, if we brought someone in who was really forward thinking, then, then no, I would have been ha more than happy to stay. More than happy to stay. Was it always, was it always the plan that you would one day step up into the first team manager or head coach as, as you are now role or, or if it wasn't, when, when did you think, oh, that, you know, that I can reach there, you know, that, that that's what the end goal, end goal is? I think, no, it, it wasn't. I've, I've always felt that because of my experiences, probably development was going to be my, my thing. And obviously I'd had success at it and I saw our players react. And, you know, I'm proud that we've taken players out of Sunday league football and turned them into professional footballers. You know, um, I've had this debate with other people and they go, oh, everyone comes from Sunday league at some point. But I'm talking <laughs> about, you know, we've taken we've taken 16 year olds out of Sunday league football. who have been told, you know, they're not good enough. And, you know, I, in, in terms of what the academy do, you know, I've got massive belief in what we do, you know, and I'd love, again, just talking about other stuff, I want to open the club up to the fans in, in respect to that. I want, I want people to come and see the academy. I want to have more of an open door policy. You know, these, you know, going back to just, I don't want to digress, but going back to the social media stuff, this is, you know, this is the way I see the club going. I'll, you know, you guys, nine years podcast, you know, even the Wombles Underground, if they decide to start being a bit positive, you know, um, I'm joking. That's a joke before they come at me. Um, um, no, but I'd like to have open days where you guys come down and, and see what we're doing and see what we're about and, you know, have competitions for fans to come down and see training because that was what the academy was all about. You know, we, we literally had an open door policy at any point and people used to go, oh, why you got these people coming in all the time? It's like, well, because... You know, that's we used to go and do club visits and, and other visits to learn off of different people. And we're proud of what we want to do. And, and I'd love the fans to, you know, come down on certain days. And I'm not saying we can have hundreds coming down, but I'd love, you know, groups of five and ten come down, show you what we're about, what we're doing, ask a question and get that contact back with the players. You know, so um so in terms of, so I've always thought, no, possibly development, my thing. And I think it's really important in life, you know, where your strengths are. So at first I thought, well, no, this is probably what I'm meant to do, you know. Um, but then over time, as I, I had more contact with first team players and I, and I sort of was doing my, my badges more and being around people, then you start to think, well, hold on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. The big turning point for me was when I went and visited Eddie Jones with England and I'm not name dropping here, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've got all these thoughts of how you can get people to perform. And sometimes that they can feel like lonely thoughts if you think you see things differently. And when I went there and I, I you know, I spent the day with him when he came here and then spent the day with him when I went to England. And that just made me think, well, this guy's, you know, the stuff he's saying and I'm saying to him, this is common language. So if, it, if he's doing what he's doing, then I'm not a fool. You can, you can implement this stuff. You know, people will buy into it. And that made me start thinking of it. And then when I was around first team players more, I'd just have little chats with people, you know, like Darius Charles, for example, I'll, I'll come really close with Darius. And we used to talk about the kind of stuff I believe in. And, you know, Darius, and when you see the players are all over it, you think, okay, maybe, 
like, I can do this. You don't have to, football don't have to be a big cliche, you know? Um, so, so I'd say, I'd guess over time, then I, I did. And obviously I was really grateful for Wally to bring me closer. And, and I learned stuff off of Wally, definitely. And then, you know, I learned stuff off of, off of Glenn as well, you know? We, so, you know, Glenn, Glenn bring me even closer and we got on, you know, I got on really well with them both personally. Um, and then, then I did, I, I just thought, no, I, 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 I it, it's, it's come over time really, Jamie, and answer to your question, but it was never, no, when I joined Wimbledon, I just wanted to give you the best academy in the country. That was, that was my goal. Going back to the academy, I can vouch for that because my son had uh, a trial at the academy and he got into the team. Uh, yeah. Only a seven or eight year old. He, 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 I think he would have maybe possibly still been there if he hadn't. He had to move away, unfortunately, up to Leicester, so he couldn't play anymore. But there was academy players who were joining in and playing with him and uh, and help and talking to him and stuff like that. And these were like under fifteens, under sixteens, talking to a seven year old boy and, and and helping him and playing with him. And all the parents loved it down there. Everyone I spoke to, and, and as I said I was just a parent at the time. I was a fan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, how long ago was that, Lee? Uh, he's 12 now, so it would have been about five years ago. Okay. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, I mean, people are going to say I'm biased, but the stuff our academy do, and listen, they, they get things wrong, and, and that, but the great, you know, you, you, should, you should come down, you meet Michael, that, that, that is so exciting. Honestly, the, the, the stuff they do, yes, and the coaches we got there, and I, I worry that we, we're going to lose these people. I don't think we will, because they, lo they love the club. But, you know, this, we've got to look after our staff and grow our staff. And it's not all about money. It's got, you know, got nothing to do with money. But we've got to look after them in the right way. And because, honestly, some of the stuff they're doing there is, is absolutely fantastic. We've got a, you know, you, you, you know the guys that have worked with me, Rob and James. But we've got, a, we've got a coach called Jack Matthews. Honestly, he could work anywhere in Europe. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. Anywhere. It, he's phenomenal. He's, he's, he's like a... His football brain is, and the way he deals with, and if you went and asked the parents of the kids he works with, they would just tell you. The football he gets these boys playing is like beyond a joke. He, he, and the way he treats them. So it's, it's, it's so exciting. But, and this is why, you know, you've got to have this pathway for the lads. And you, again, it goes back to the style of football. They've got to see it because, you know, we've got some real talent. You know, we've got big clubs sniffing around, you know, three or four of our players currently at the older age groups and I believe we can keep them if if they can see a pathway to the first team I know we can keep them. you know same as we can keep Coxie you know we can keep him if he's a pathway we can keep these lads and listen they might go they might go at one point of course they probably will but if they're going to go let's at least make sure we get some proper proper money for them you know not 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 something to throw back into the budget you know which isn't really going to change anything We'd love to talk to him, Robert. We'd love to get him on here and talk to him so then the fans can get to know them as well. Because uh, when we're speaking this month special, we're speaking to the groundsman. So we're going to speak to the groundsman, oh, see what he... Have you, have you spoke to him yet? No, not yet. Oh, we're going to be speaking man, to him. It's fantastic. But we're gonna, we want to speak to him about how he how he got into the job and how, what he yeah. thinks of Plough Lane and and stuff with Broncos and, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, the thing I was going to ask you is, what do you think about possibly London Broncos ground sharing? At Plough Lane, because obviously you want to play yeah. football, but if the pitch is a little bit... Yeah, I, I, I was concerned, I can't lie, when I first saw it, heard about it. Um, and my first question was about the pitch, but 
you know, Joe's reassured me and, and that the pitch will be absolutely fine. My second worry, concern was, and I'm sure you as fans were the same, is is it, you know, what's going to, in terms of signage and stuff like that. But again, we've been reassured that we you kind of won't know. So, you know, when you look at those things, if, if that's the truth, if the pitch is still going to be good and, and, and you don't feel like you're walking into a football come rugby ground, then I, I guess, you know, you've got to say, why not? You know, so, but yeah, so once once those two things were put put to bed and said that that's not going to happen, then I felt I felt okay about it. Because yeah, on an earlier episode, when it was all being talked about, we spoke to a, a London Broncos fan. Yeah, uh, and he when he came on and told us about the history of London Broncos and what it would mean yeah. to them. But he also understood the story. He understood he was a yeah. Because I don't know anything about rugby league. I no, go watch it. I'd, I'd like to in the sun at Plough Lane yeah. with a few beers and yeah. watch another sport and see see how it goes. But yeah, he, he was very uh, he was good but to go on and talk to him about it. Yeah, on it, Lee. Though I think there could be some good mileage for us in terms of you know already I thought that could be a great pre-season. You know I don't know what, how there, but go down there. Do you know what I mean? With a rugby player, you know, because I listen. I'm not. I'm not a massive rugby fan, but in terms of their behaviours, I, I just love it. You know, the way they behave and mm. the, the the discipline of the game and how they treat officials and that. I just think is so. You know, you can imagine that going down and having a, a pre-season session there. I think there could be some real mileage because that was the thing that blew me away with when I went and watched England rugby play was was just the discipline. You know, and again, that, that, that whole session was literally run by the players in terms of intensity and stuff. But what, what blew me away, I, I went with Michael Hamilton, was we were standing about 30 yards, 40 yards from the entrance to the dressing rooms. And no word of a lie, with no prompting, on their way back to the dressing room, every single player come over and shook their hands, our hands and introduced ourselves. No prompting at all. And, um, you know, and I just love all, I love that stuff because mm. you, you can tell it's got a meaning behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, last question. We we asked fans to send in questions, and a few of the a few of the questions we've asked you tonight has been from the fans. So we appreciate them sending them in. The last one we had was regarding goalkeepers, uh, and yeah. it's from Mike Overall. What does what do you see as the short and long term future for the goalkeeper position? Is the loan for, for philosophy one you buy into? I think it'd be great to have our own goalkeeper, um, and I'm really hoping Tans grabs this opportunity. You know, I, I was really pleased with him on Saturday, and um, so were we, mate. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be absolutely over the moon if he grabs this opportunity, and everyone's going. You know, this boy should be our number one. You know, he's a lovely, lovely lad. He's got loads of potential. Um, and then we've got Coxie there on the back burner. You know, get him out on loan. You know, playing men's football for a year because people got memories. Only seventeen um, for whatever it needs. So. At the moment, I'd absolutely love it if Tans can can go and prove himself. And again, last time I'm going to say the word, I promise you both. <laughs> but but, you, but if you go process, I mean, there you got it. You know, the lads played, I'm talking about Tans now. You know, if there was a pathway for him, he could be our first team goalkeepers because he's 23 now. He's played minimal, apart from the loan I got him out last year at Sutton, he's, he's, uh, which absolutely is development went through the roof. If imagine if he'd had two, three years playing men's football, we probably would he would probably be in there now. And this is what I'm talking about. This is why you have to look at the bigger picture stuff. You have to. You know, and um and I'm I'm committed to doing this and you know it might get me in trouble. Now I'll give you an example now. So 
between you and I, it looks like Walks might be out for a little while. Um, so, you know, Tansy's in there. So Coxie will be our number two. So the, the problem I've got, if you, if you take in an emergency loan, you have to play them. So if you bring in an emergency loan, they have to start. So I'm like, well, no, I'm going to put my belief in Tans because, you know, if I bring in an emergency loan, unless it's someone you, you know so well, who's, you know, again, you don't know. And then you're, you're taking Tans progression back again. So, you know, that, that, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to still let Coxie play in the FA Youth Cup. And, you know, I think the youth team was shocked by that. So because he's going to be on the bench tomorrow and, and on the bench Saturday. And they went, you're going to let him have it. And I said, why would I not? Why would I take that away from the kid? Because I don't, I don't want to live my life by ifs and buts. And I remember, well, what if he gets injured? And it was the same my dad had. If my aunt had something, then she'd be my <laughs> uncle. And um, I don't want to live my life like that. You know, so just in case I'm going to deny him playing in the FA Youth Cup and whatever, you know, what's the percentage of goalkeepers that get injured? You know, when's the last time you knew a keeper got in? You know, so I'm not going to deny him that. And if something happened, well, then I might have to look at an emergency loan. So I just, I, this is when I talk about looking at the bigger picture stuff and, and, and process stuff. You know, I've seen so many young players sit on the bench, not getting games of football, come through the and then when they get their opportunity, the fans go, oh, it doesn't look like the same player we thought he was going to be. Well, it's because he's played 30 minutes of football in the last 18 weeks, you know? So, um, you know, we've got, we've got to look at the bigger picture. Is there any um, players in the youth setup that you think um, will really sort of push on over the next couple of seasons and ones to look out for, ones to watch, so to speak? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm never a big fan of that, Jamie. I know as fans yeah. you want to hear that, but <laughs> but the, the, fir the first year pro lads, I, 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 I rate them all. They're, all. they're all in different journeys, you know, because their position so you know Archie's a centre-back so you know I think it's ridiculous when we expect centre-backs going at 18 19 and I thought he did really well against Oxford so you look at each individual case and you go well they might need a little bit longer I mean I surprised me when he's gone in um, but again you know because he's done well that doesn't mean next year or he'll be in I might decide that he needs a year of men's football somewhere before, and then he comes back fully ready but there's so many I mean Jack all of them, all the first-year pros have all got something, that, that group of eight. And then we've got, you know, the lads that will get pros out of the youth team. You know, they need longer again. But honestly, there, there isn't one of those lads, those those eight, I think it is now, um, that are first-year pros that I couldn't see being future Wimbledon players. I mean, you know, they went, a, they went away last week to Cambridge who always have a good set-up. You know, they've won 5-1. They absolutely destroyed them because their intensity is just off the scale. You know, because they know what what we expect. Um, so no, there's 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 plenty to be excited about, and lower down, there's there's plenty to be excited about. I mean, our 15s two months ago, you know, they beat Chelsea. You know, and and when I say beat Chelsea, you know, we've had good, we've always done well against other academies because we we work hard and everything. But this wasn't just that we beat Chelsea. Like you know, we had 50% possession and passed, and and you know. It was it was good, like really really exciting. Has has COVID kind of slowed the development down? Because obviously you'd like to get them playing men's football, uh, and obviously without yeah, there's a lot of men's football that's not happening at the moment below no. conference and stuff like that. 
yeah no it was it, obviously that was the hard bit of it so all the lads that were out sort of um because they were all out Ryman Prem and some were out Conference South so that all come to a standstill I just got Archie out at Maidstone but what we've done we've we've Mike Mike Hamilton he's been really proactive and we've just got a list of games now for him um, which is really good so they've got games I think the only one isn't next week but then they've got a list of games I've just had Concord Rangers actually contact me club I'm trying to build a relationship because they've got their FA Trophy yep. game so they've, they've asked us for a friendly so that so they are getting at least they're getting games now yeah and to be honest the way they are they treat every game competitively so it's you know it's at least they're getting football again yeah, decent cycle called. They've got a massive striker yeah. called uh, Alex Wall, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I only live down the road from Concord. So oh, yeah, no, they're, down, they're so. really, really good guys. I don't know if you know yeah. them, but I, I like, I'm trying to, yeah. I, it's a bit of a distance to send our boys on loan, but I love the way they do things. They so can I'm come, st- to... come stay with me if they want. Well, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> the right part of their development. I've, just, I've seen you, I've seen you in the bar afterwards. <laughs> No, no, no. But it'd be great to get them down there. I've got to know them really well. So I was close to going there, um, to be honest. And they, they, they were interested in Zach Robinson. But I'm keen to get get a couple of loans down there next season. I'm a big, big fan of Zach. Big fan. He's got loads of potential. Lo- mm. Loads and loads. They all have, honestly, Jack, you know, all of them. The same Biller, Jack Curry, all, all of them. Elliot, I mean, give me his obviously you've got Elliot Bolton. Um, and people think, I oh, you know, because the first ever Wimbledon, mascot but wow what what a reader of a game you know what what a reader of a game but he's still got the body of a 16 year old you know so people go oh yeah no, okay he might need a year he might need another year longer then and mm. that's the sort of plan you've got to have so you know he might not be ready at 20, 20 he might be ready at 22 but if as long as you keep seeing stepping up and getting better for what it cost us to keep him in the building if it takes till 22 Rather than bringing, you know, let's wait because the kid reads the game so well, it's ridiculous. And, and it, you know, and so the, the physical stuff will, will, will happen. That, you know, if we get his program right, it'll happen. Well, I'd just like to finish up really by saying thanks again for coming on. Is there anything I've, got, you I've got a question. Is it, I've I was going to no, say, is there I've anything you wanted to ask us? Yeah. One, how did you feel when I flipped it on you at the start of the thingy? Like, how did you two feel when I flipped it on you? I quite, I quite liked it, mate. I mean, it's okay. a bit of a shock, but you know, was... it's, it's nice to know that, you know, I mean, you, you're asking the fans how they feel. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, Good. yeah, essentially. Do you feel a bit, bit uncomfortable, Lee? I oh, no, <laughs> I wasn't surprised. Uh, I, I thought I'd be more uncomfortable with some of the questions we asked you, and because yeah. of. Uh, no, I mean, of... when I flipped it on you at the start, and I yeah. asked. You, no, I wasn't surprised by that because I know you've always got something up your sleeve with flip. Yeah, because uh, yeah, no, I, I had my plan in place, and then it was like, oh, now I've got to right. think. So, so <laughs> what, what, one, I want, one, I want to know what you two think because that's what it's about. But two, also, I just, you know, I want you to realise with some of these young boys, when don't always think when they don't put in the performance they put in, it's personal. You know, they're learning, and mm. you know that they feel a little bit uncomfortable. And when you feel a bit uncomfortable sometimes and the pressure's on, your performance dips, you know, they're learning the game. So I wasn't trying to make a point, but, you know, we all, we all get that. But all I want you to realise as fans, if they don't care or they're not eating our values, they won't be in the side. 
but they will have bad games and they will put crosses behind the goal sometimes when they don't mean to. But, you know, just sort of bear that in mind. And as long as they're giving everything, you know, I'm not saying you two will, but let's try and get an environment where, where we all stick together a bit more. Well, I mean, so what, yeah, nail on the head, mate. As long as, so long what, as, as, long what, as they give 100%. What's, your, what's your going to be your why as your podcast? What's your why? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, no. my why was, um, I've, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I, I enjoy listening to them and then I wasn't quite sure what I'd do it on. And then Finchie yeah. was starting this up. He was looking for a bit of technical nous because he's got yeah. absolutely none whatsoever. No, he's um, like me. He's like me. And uh, we were in the middle of lockdown. You know, I was furloughed. I had nothing to do. Uh, and it's honestly, um, apart from putting up with Finch, it's been the best thing I've ever done. Really, <laughs> really, I've really, really enjoyed it. So I want to ask you a question, right? So don't take this personally because you know I love the club. But when when I used to go, when you go, I always used to think we've got this greatest story in football, right? Unbelievable story. So I used to think to myself sometimes when I come to Kings Meadow. I used to think, well, imagine I'm, I'm an American because they love stories. And I've read about this Wimbledon story and I've come over from America and I've read about this, you know, club Phoenix from the Flames, et cetera, et cetera. And I turn up at Kings Meadow for a game. Unless I'm fortunate and I bump into someone like yourselves who, who's going to, I'm going to feel the passion from the fan. But I, I experienced a day at Kings Meadow. Be honest with me. Most of the time, do you think they would leave underwhelmed? Yes. Yeah. They, they'd probably well. One Kings Meadow was not really a great stadium to watch football. If you were an away fan coming down, you had no view whatsoever. So yeah. if you couldn't get a ticket in the main stand or the John Green stand, you were stuffed really because you'd have to be in the the John Smith stand, which you can't see any football. Yeah. Uh, and but just yes. generally, just generally, with the whole the whole experience, unless you happen to go in the bar and have a drink and get drunk and meet you, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that ain't going to help. But uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I mate, you're right. You you are going to leave. Yeah, and probably if you, yeah, you're not going to be overly wanting to come back that quick. I mean, no, I think no. you could probably count on one hand the amount of times that Kings Meadow was rocking, rocking. Yeah, you know, it was never. I don't know if it was the ground, I don't know if it's the fans, I don't know if it's a mixture of both, but th there was never really a Wimbledon atmosphere at Kings Meadow. Okay. I'm, I'm, so, I'm really hoping that there is one at So how, how are we, yeah, but hope, hope won't bring it, Jamie. Hope there won't bring be. it. There will how, be. How, how are we going to do, yeah, but how, how are we going to do this? We, we've, we've got a section of us, that we've. Well, there's two sections of us right near the away end, near T section of okay. the Dons. So it's T and H. Yeah. And, and that is a lot of singers in the side stand. So it ain't just going to be behind the goal in the south stand where there's going to be a load okay. of singers. There's going to be, that's why we moved to the John Green as well, because yeah. we used to get in trouble for standing up and singing, which hopefully won't happen when we move to Plough Lane. Yeah. But we used to try and make an atmosphere from the other side of the ground. So it yeah. didn't matter what end you were, you know, okay. we'd, we'd still have people moaning at us for to making an atmosphere or the odd swear word and stuff like that. But I hope that with that, we've got a little section there and I think we, we then start getting people that bring their kids, the dads or the mums who bring their kids who want to get involved and start clapping along, singing, yeah. and then you start getting like other people involved, kids involved. People see it okay. and think, well, actually, I want to sing that song. I want to do that. And then we're right next to the away end. So if something does happen, you've always got that little bit of edge, yeah. which I think you need at a game anyway. What Finch is trying to say is we've got us fans, we've got a process uh, <laughs> to try and build the atmosphere. Well, 
This is what yeah. I was hoping. This yeah, is yeah. What... No, but I, I look at fellas and I, I just think we're in amongst the football stuff. I think I'm a big believer in accountability and I'm accountable to you and the players are accountable to you to try and put something on the pitch that gets you excited and stimulated and, you know, but the same token, I think, you know, with this fan uncover this story, I think we've all got to think how we're going to bring this to life, you know, and how we're going to grow it because, you know, I don't think we should be talking about filling it. We should be talking about how can we have three, 4,000 people standing outside dying to get in and they can't, you know, that, that that's for me where we've got to be aiming towards, not, oh, can, can we fill it? Can we fill it? You know, we've got to try and stir up such a, something that when people come, win, lose or draw, and hopefully it's more win, that people go, oh, I've got to go back there. How good was that? You know, that's, that, that's how I, I, I think. Absolutely. How about, how about your point? My wife was, I set this up because I wanted to have a voice. I wanted the fans to have a voice. So every week we've had pretty much a, a, a different fan on, with a different viewpoint to mine and Jamie. So everyone who comes on don't always going to agree. So some people might say the football we, we play ain't, ain't great and, and I say it is and stuff like that. So it's a different of opinions, which is what football's about. Yeah. Uh, and and when, I, when I was setting it up, I got told that we wouldn't have access to anyone from the club. We wouldn't be able to get Mark Robinson on the podcast. We wouldn't yeah. be able to speak to Dave Anderson, Gareth Graham that we have done. Yeah. Uh, and it's to not just get the same answers that, oh, Plough Lane's brilliant. The club's a fan, but it's brilliant, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. It's to hear what... The, the the bigger picture is and what what yeah. we are going to achieve. Yeah. Well, I've loved it, and all I'd like to say is I just like this is my personal opinion, and you you know it's up to you what you do. But I'd you know this has been great. I've loved doing it. But I'd really like to see. I know you get on. You know Stu well, but I'd like yourselves nine years podcast, all the other, you know, to to come together and and try and in terms of. The fans thing, in you know, we're talking about that. How are we going to create this? How are we going to get the new fans? You know, I think if you fellas come together, it's really powerful. You know, the players will feel it as well. And that doesn't mean, again, I'm not going happy clappy. If they don't put in a performance, they deserve to get some sort of, you know, not personal, but you're not happy. You're not happy. You're fans. You live and die on emotion. I get that. But I think it'd be great. Sometimes I feel like there's divides. And I'd like to, you know, I'd like to lose, I'd like to lose that because I just don't think it's healthy, Lee. Fundamentally, I want you all to wake up of a morning and think, you know, like you've, you, you opened up to me the other day and said you're a bit bored with football. You know, I want everyone, I mean, our academy thing, right? So just to share this with you, our academy thing was, we, you know, when you're a kid and you wake up and you can't wait to play football. So when we were facing, we wanted the opposition to wake up and go, oh, football, then realised they were playing Wimbledon and want to get back under the covers. That's what we wanted to make the opposition think. Do you know what I mean? And that's, like, I just want, like, it upset me when you said, oh, I'm bored with football. I want, I want everyone to wake up and go, I'm a Wimbledon fan. Do you know what I mean? Win, lose or draw, I'm a Wimbledon fan and, and yeah. be excited about something. So I just think, I do feel over the years, there's been a real kind of negativity come across and I think we've got to get rid of it I, I, I agree I think again with Covid it doesn't help that we're sitting at home watching it and I've got to sit here with my missus who yeah. don't really understand football and <laughs> say oh, it's alright you, you you only lost one nil or something and it's like well like, it's just a game and all that stuff and yeah, yeah, no, not going not going and seeing your mates and, and enjoying football that way and talking to people about football yeah. uh, and and 
I've had this argument with people that you see things on written down and they're obviously not in the same context as they were if they were spoken. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of negativity with regards to that, and and yeah, I just think at the time it, okay. we've we've spoken about on the podcast, it's it's a negative time at the moment, so everything seems to be negative. So, I yeah. think I think going on from that, you know, with COVID, we literally sit down on a Saturday at three o'clock and we watch a game of football, and it's just football. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and yeah. for me personally, Wimbledon is a lot more than just football. 100%. You know, 100%. and everything else has kind of, to, to most of everything else has kind of completely gone. So, and especially when we weren't doing very well, yeah, there's nothing to get excited about, you know. And, yeah, I get that. But know, I think, I yeah. agree with you, Jamie, but I still think we need to bring, so I, I know that and I feel that because over a period of time, I've got to know certain people at the club who you know, who are very dear to me and, and I feel like I, I, you know, I've worked for them. They represent, you know, because of my dad and how I was brought up, I spoke to Lee about this. You know, that's why, you know, I'm, I've always felt like I'm on a mission. I want to make these people happy because of just what the club means. But, but again, I think we can bring it to life together more though, if that makes sense. I know there's the feelings are there and you feel it's fans, but on a match day now, now we've got this stadium, I think we've all got to work to bring it to life more. Do you know what I mean? You know, so that if someone does come, um, they just go, wow, I, I did just visit the greatest story in football. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but you know what I mean, don't you? You know, it's just, mm. I just think we can all work to bring it to life, you know? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Okay. Any more questions for us, Robert? <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.